Electricast. Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Burden of Command podcast. Today's guest is uh, kind of a rock star in the podcasting world, if you will, Mr. Tom Schwab. Uh, you know, here's the truth. In the noisy digital world we live in, it's really hard to break through the noise, and a lot of times we just add to it. Instead, what you need to do is get into the conversation where your ideal customers are already listening. As a Naval Academy graduate and a veteran who ran nuclear power plants and inbound marketing engineer, Tom Schwab has a refreshingly unique approach. He focuses on time-proven strategy, then supercharges it with today's technology and podcast interview marketing. He's an author, speaker, teacher, and Tom helps you get more traffic, leads, and raving customer fans by being interviewed on targeted podcasts. Tom, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on the Burden of Command today. Earl, I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for all you do. Yeah, well, no, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't. uh, We're hot off the heels of the great uh, Army-Navy game and uh, (laughs) go Navy, right? That's right. We've got a streak of one. A streak of one. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Got to start. So, so uh, before we do uh, kind of our deeper dive conversation, I want to start you off where all my guests start off. The term burden of command, what does that mean to you? So I remember uh, in the military, we had rank has its privilege. And that's what we always did when we looked up and thought, oh, it'd be great to be up there. And then once you get up there, you realize that rank has its responsibility. And there's the burden of command, but I always look at it as it's what we want. We want that, we want that responsibility, we want that burden. And I think if you ever really struggle with it and look at it as a chore or a burden, um, maybe that's the time where you're not, uh, not embracing it enough. I can remember early on in my career, I was uh, uh, on the uh, on the uh, the bridge, and Captain Hayden, Bill Hayden, was the uh, in charge of the uh, the aircraft carrier Lincoln, and this guy always had a smile on his face. And I remember asking him, Skipper, you know, you sleep less than anybody on this ship. You've got so much stress going on. How come you're so happy all the time? And he says, Well, if I'm not, who else will be? And he said, someday when I'm old and gray, I'll look back this as the best time of my life. And uh, I don't want to miss a moment of it. And I've had the opportunity to, to talk who's now Admiral Hayden. And we talk about that. And he says, I still look back at those days and those who were the great ones. And when he had that burden of command and uh, he always enjoyed it. Yeah, well, no, I like that. I mean, because it's... <laughs> I mean, it, it is the responsibility thing, and, and that's a theme that a lot of uh, a lot of my guests keep coming back to is is you know burden as as a responsibility, and, and there is an immense responsibility, and that's that's a great example because you know uh, how many personnel did a ship like the Lincoln have on it? Oh, you think about it; it had you know two nuclear power plants, five thousand people, um, you know uh, planes up in the air with no divert field. I mean, that was, uh, you better be enjoying that because if not, uh, you're not going to sleep and you'll age 10 years in the six month deployment. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And, and so, yeah, embracing that responsibility and, and but it's it's rewarding, right? I mean, being in charge of all of that and, and having that responsibility, it's, it's, it's daunting. But when it all clicks, it's like, wow, I, I, I've really accomplished something. Look at all of this that, that I've helped bring together, right? 
and the impact you can have with that too. Right. Uh, you know, uh, uh, while there's more stress, uh, there's more leverage in that too. And um, uh, you just seeing that everything you have done to your in your life to that point has brought you to this point too. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, and so I really do like your answer, and I, I thank you for sharing that story. And uh, yeah, I, I got to kind of segue because it's it's interesting. I actually talked about this a little bit with one of my previous guests recently, but uh, looking over the the prep notes and all that, and, and and how you talk about the noisy world we live in, it, it, it reminds me of one of my favorite country songs. It's a, it's a few years old now, but I'm not sure. Are you familiar with uh, Kenny Chesney's song, Noise? Oh, sure. Yeah, and I love that. And for the listeners who, who may not be into country music, there's a, a line that, that really stuck with me in that song. Uh, this is every. I'm not going to try to sing it because I am no Kenny Chesney. Uh, we're both from Northeast Tennessee, but he got all the singing talent. I promise you that. Uh, but it says, every room, every house, every shade of noise, all the floors, all the walls, they all shake with noise. We can't sleep, we can't think, we can't escape the noise. We can't take the noise, so we just make noise. And, and, and you know, that's with, with this uh, kind of onslaught, if you will, and, and I'm guilty because I'm one of the new podcasters on the scene, but, but the podcast world is really getting kind of inundated with new podcasts showing up every day. And I'll tell you something I've struggled with is kind of trying to cut through that noise and, and, and get the burden of command kind of to, to stand out. So how do you how do you tell, you know, like new and potential podcasters, like what, what have you got for them and how do you join that conversation? Yeah. And I think to me, it's like you have to be heard. Right. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean yelling louder. Uh, you think about it with with children. If you want them to listen to something, if you yell louder, often they'll stop listening. Mm-hmm. You know, if you lower your voice, speak slowly to them, boy, they'll they'll know you're honest or not honest, but uh, you're serious uh, about what you're saying. So I think some of that is just being yourself, being serious, um, and not going into the temptation that bigger is better, louder is better. Um, some of the you know most influential people out there aren't known by everybody. So mm. the idea that um, I think there's there's no no such thing really as a as a celebrity, right? Um, you say uh, Kenny Chesney and anybody that knows country music is like, yes. Well, uh, you know the thing is is that the vast majority of the world could walk by him on a street corner not know who he is, be introduced to him, and still not know who he is. So I think it's not this idea that I've got to be known by everybody, but I've got to be known by the people that uh, make a difference. And it's it's interesting in podcasts because, you know, now there are 800,000 podcasts out there. A little asterisk with that, there's only 250,000 that have actually published in the last 30 days. So a lot of them aren't active. Hmm. But you look at that, um, you know, to, to be in the top 1% of podcast, you just need 47,000 downloads. And if you look per episode, and if you look at that compared to TV or radio, there's a lot of podcasts that are in the you know top 1% that you have never, ever heard of. So I think this idea that bigger is better um, is, is a myth, right? Better is better. 
So I think if we focus on on being heard by the people that we will that make a difference to us, that's when we will make a difference. Mm, I like that. I like that. It's it's kind of the whole, uh, you know, your your, your audience, the, the people who listen are the people who care, right? And and, and that's what you want to cater to instead of trying to attract people who don't. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I like that, and, and, and it's so true. And and you know, the thing with this medium is is there's there's so much information out there. And and you're right. I mean, my favorite podcast now it's it's huge now, but when it first started out, I was one of the you know like right when it launched, I started on the Jocko podcast, mm-hmm. and and I'm not sure if you've ever listened to that one. Oh sure, yeah, great great uh, book too. Yeah, his yeah his extreme ownership is great, but I, I remember, I remember I'd read the book, I saw the podcast. And I saw two hours and 57 minutes or something like that was his first episode. And I'm like, oh, my God. But I started listening, and like two hours and 56 minutes later, I'm like, no, this can't end. <laughs> and, and it was like you said, it was it was just good conversation and, and, and content right from the jump. And, and, and you know, I think I, I always say when, when people hear me on a podcast or people hear anybody, I think there's – there's three types of reaction, right? There's first the people that listen to me and think, Tom is an idiot. <laughs> I don't disagree with them, right? I'm not here to to uh, have everybody love me and God bless them. Um, if that's their opinion, that's fine. You know, the same pe- way, there's some people that would listen to Jocko and say, nope, it's not for me. Well, that's fine, right? And then there's those people that think, listen and go, huh, that was interesting. Doesn't apply to me right now. And that's fine. You know, God love them. Uh, but the ones that you really want to talk to are those the ones that listen and go, wow, you know, he understands me. He works with people like me. You know, he can help me. And at the end of the day, uh, we don't need more, you know, passive listeners. We need more engaged fans. You know, it's like uh, I was speaking at a uh, event one time and I was on a panel and somebody on the panel said, you need to have 75 new leads for your business every day. And I looked and I said, I couldn't handle 75 new customers. Wow. And she said, no, not, not customers, just leads. And I'm like, well, why would, I, why would I want 75 leads if they couldn't be great customers? I'm not, I don't want to waste their time. They don't want to waste my time. I think, once again, it's uh, bigger is not better. Better is better. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah, I, I like that. As you were you were kind of talking about, you know, the the, the feedback and stuff there, and, and I I still remember one of the one of the funniest moments. Uh, uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, if folks are familiar with him, he's not necessarily known for being a, a comic, but when it happens, it's gold. And uh, somebody was asking him, said, so "What was the what was the best piece of feedback you ever got?" And uh, he's like, "Well." Uh, I, I, somebody told me once I sounded like Kermit the Frog, and he goes, "I went back and I listened to myself, and they were right." <laughs> and you know, and, and he's like, "You know, I, I'm sure they meant that to to hurt me, but I had to go back and listen to it, and I do. I sound like Kermit the Frog. So what am I going to do?" Well, uh, I'll I'll be totally transparent here, Earl. Um, when I listen to podcasts, I listen at two x speed. Um, just because my mind wanders and I can focus better that way. So I, I joke that I listen to 2X as I run at half X. So <laughs> when I, everybody sounds like Kermit to me. When I actually talk with a podcaster live, it's just like, wow, they sound different. <laughs> yeah. It, and that's one thing I like Audible. Uh, you know, I'm a big Audible person. 
I've never been able to to do two X. I'm always impressed by people that can can do the fast speed because for for that very reason it, it reminds me of the old Chipmunks uh, records and uh, so I I get more distracted by that because all of a sudden I start hearing Chipmunks Christmas carols and all that good stuff and my, my mind's a weird place but uh, yeah so you know it, as somebody who is is really into uh, you you run uh, a business interview valet. And, and I mean, you're like really entrenched in 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 the podcast world and, and getting the right guests on the right shows and, and in the right formats. Is that kind of a fair way to put it? Uh, correct. Yeah. And and so what going from running nuclear power plants and things like that in the Navy and and I, I know you've had a few other businesses, but what what really drew you into kind of that niche of of being kind of the, the, the podcast guru, if you will. Yeah. And really it's, um, I don't think there's any revolutions. Um, it's in, in your life, it's really more of an evolution, right? Everything builds, um, on something else. So what the Navy taught me was systems and processes, right? When people say, well, you don't understand my business. It, uh, it's so complicated. It can't be systematized or taught. I'm like, listen, if they can teach 20 somethings, how to run a nuclear reactor, you know, uh, safely, effectively, you know, you can teach anything. It's not that it's unteachable. It's just that you don't understand it well enough. So I've always looked at that in any business that I've done is that I want to make it a system. I want to make it reproducible so that we get the same results, predictable results every time, because it really shouldn't be superhuman effort every time or, you know, a, um, pulling a rabbit out of your hat it's not a magic trick it's just got to be a system so that's really what we have and going back to the evolution um you know a dozen years ago the hack that we used to use in in inbound marketing with with content um was to guest blog right so mm-hmm. instead of putting a blog up on your own site and getting it seen by you know two or three people you'd put it up on a site where your ideal customers already were That could be the Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, wherever it was, to guest post on there or guest blog. It was what it was called. So back in 2014, I hypothesized that, well, you could use podcast interviews the same way, right? Go to an established audience, uh, share your message, get that know, like, and trust, and, you know, drive people from being just a passive listener to an active visitor and ultimately an engaged lead. And early on, we tested it. And to me, it was more of a theoretical idea. And it worked so well that I, you know, my engineering told me, eh, it's got to be a personality. It's got to be a niche. So we kept testing it and got similar results. A bunch of people uh, told me, oh, you should write a book on this. I, I wrote like a short PDF and started to give that to people because I got tired of explaining how to do it. And then a bunch of people said, well, you should do an online course. So I did a small online course and, you know, Earl, I never took that out of beta. It sold really well, but, you know, you can see the back end of it. And what I was seeing is that either people weren't getting through it or they weren't using it after they were finished. And at the end of the day, I don't want to sell something that nobody's going to get value out of. And the ones that were really honest with me said, you know, you've given me the cookbook, you've given me the videos, and I don't want to, I don't want to be the chef. I just want the results. So I want, I want to be the guest. You take care of all the rest. 
So in the end of 2015, we started a beta test, a done-for-you service. Uh, it worked so well that in early 2016, we took it out of beta, and now, uh, you know, almost four years later, I've uh, grown to uh, a team of 18, uh, servicing about uh, 100 clients. Uh, so it's been amazing. I think the timing was right when we started. Uh, people didn't know what a podcast is or was, and, uh, you know, now you fast forward and uh, podcasting is the thing. Yeah, and, and and it is. It's amazing. And, and I guess the, th- the thing that really amazes me about podcasting is, uh, you know, I got into it for the personal development piece. You know, I started listening to, to Dov Barron's podcast, uh, Richard Ryerson's podcast. We talked about Jocko. You know, that was that. And I started getting on some of these Facebook pages about podcasting. You know, this was four or five years ago. And, uh, you know, they're talking about like true crime and fantasy and role playing and all. And, and now podcasts are getting turned into TV series on like Amazon Prime and Netflix. And I mean, it, it is just a, a an interesting, wild new frontier, so to speak. Yeah, to me, it's it, it's communication. Right. And I think um, often I I think that my grandfather would be better suited for the future than my grandchildren will be. Because you think about it, it's not, um, it's not the tactics; it's the strategy, right? So podcasting, it's new, um, it's it's techie, all the rest of that. But the strategy behind it is is time tested, right? Yeah. Um, my grandfather, if you would have explained to him that, okay, here's what a podcast does: it allows you to connect with people, and they can hear you instead of doing it one on one. You can do it to the masses. And you know you could do it from wherever you are. He would have understood how to use that. Uh, podcast interviews the same way. You know he understood the power of being introduced by somebody that's a trusted expert and having time to talk with people and get to know them for them to get to hear you. You know for him it might have been uh, having a buddy invite him. You know uh, out golfing and there was two other people there that he could talk to and by the end they loved Jim Jim Cunningham and uh, they were ready to go to Cunningham service station Um, but the thing is is now you can do the same thing but just on such a bigger scale and I think that's the amazing part you know there's a lot of problems in the world but Earl there is no better time to be alive you just I pinch myself at what we have available here well, I mean, you and you make a great point there as you were talking, like you, you kind of put it in perspective, like I shouldn't be shocked by this, because if you look at uh, the evolution of, of like entertainment, you know, uh, Lone Ranger and, and all those things, they started out as radio broadcasts and ended up getting turned into TV shows. The, the big difference now is everybody's got a radio station in the palm of their hands. Uh, you know, you used to have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment and need to be a major affiliate to get your story told. But now anybody can, like, sign up for Podbean, shameless plug, that's who I'm with, Podbean, uh, for 140 bucks a year or whatever it is, and turn on your phone and you can share your content, and there's no restrictions. There's there's really nobody telling you what you can and can't do, which is kind of the amazing part about it now. And it's, I, I think the future is vivid audio, not necessarily video. And I was first turned in onto this idea from, um, there was a futurist, uh, Bob Johansson out of Stanford, mm-hmm. that talked about this idea. And uh, his point is, is that audio is timeless and you don't discriminate against audio. So as an example, everybody's talking about video, but if you go back and 
look at video that's just a, a, a decade or so old, it looks so dated. Right. Um, I, I was watching um, the movie Wall Street uh, with my kids not that long ago, and I thought it was a really cool movie. Well, they started laughing when he started to talk on his cell phone <laughs> from the beach. Right. It looked like a, a military walkie-talkie from World War II. It was so dated. Or if even now, if you re watch a video, well, you look at somebody and say, well, they're too young. They're too old. They don't look like me. Um, you know, they've got a, a ring through their nose. They've got a tattoo. Whatever it is, there's all of these things that come in that get in the way of the message. Whereas with vivid audio, you're just listening to somebody. You're listening to the content. And I think it lives on so much longer. Uh, my niece um, reached out to me, oh, probably six months ago. She was starting to work in real estate, and uh, they had her reading different books, and she got turned on to Zig Ziglar. Mm -hmm. And she was listening to Zig Ziglar and how much she loved him and how funny he was. I didn't have the, um, I didn't have the, uh, the heart to tell her that Zig had died. Right. Because to her, he was still alive. And she was listening to all of these things. And that audio that she was listening to was probably recorded before she was born. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, again, va extremely valid point. I mean, think about it. Uh, you know, every once in a while when they rebroadcast the, the original Orson Welles' War of the Worlds, people still love to tune in and listen to that. Uh, it, it does better than the, the, the multiple movies have done, right? Very much so. Uh, so when you, you say the term vivid audio, what, what, what makes vivid audio? To me, it's, it's passion. It's authenticity. Uh, I would say the best podcasts are like two people sitting down in a coffee shop, right? Sitting down in Denny's. We would be having the same discussion here. Um, and just like if you were sitting there, if you heard two people talking behind you, and you were interested in the conversation, you'd listen in, right? Maybe there's something voyeuristic about us, but you know, you wouldn't just jump in on the conversation because that'd be rude. Uh, you wouldn't turn around and stare at them, that'd be rude, but you just wanna sit there and listen. And to me, those are the best podcasts and the best um, podcast interviews. And you know, depending on the show, uh, some of those interviews could be held at 8 a.m. Other ones sound like they were held at, uh, at uh, 3 a.m. when the bars got out. But either way, I think it's just that, that authenticity. Um, I've gotten very tired um, of the podcast where they would ask you know, the same five to seven questions of everybody. And no matter what you answered, you'd get the next one. And I think um, we've seen from our data that those never engage nearly as well. And I think even some of the people that have been doing that format for a long time have even gone ahead and moved on from that. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and, and that makes me feel good because, you know, when I there, there were a couple of things that I, I didn't want to do when I started this podcast. You know, I, I didn't want to be, you know, ask the same standard questions. I, I got the one, uh, you know, because. Being a military guy myself, I was in the Marines. Uh, most of my listeners know that by now, but just in case they didn't, uh, you know, we use that term "burden of command." And and talking to folks in the civilian world with what I do uh, as, as part of the leadership phalanx, uh, I've got to learn with my Tennessee accent. I've got to pronounce phalanx kind of sharp, or people think it says phalanx. But with the leadership phalanx. Um, you know, I use that term burden of command and, and it kind of shuts some people down. And I want to kind of take that stigma away because it's not a negative. 
you know, the burden of command is really it's a positive. People trust you enough to 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 put their well-being in your hands, and that's that's a big part of it. But uh, you know, I, I didn't want to be highly polished. I mean, I do a little bit of post editing, but I'm not afraid of ums and ahs because I mean, let's be honest, that's how people talk. Uh, I, I feel a little bit more awkward listening to a podcast where everything is just so so sharp and so perfect it just doesn't seem real or, or the radio voices where it's the personality <laughs> you know and uh there's a place for those uh morning talk radio can be funny i, I um there's some great uh great caricatures there but uh um I don't think that's what most podcasts are, and I think it's the very, very rare individual that can pull that off. Because if if I hear you one way on a podcast, and then I hear you another way from stage, and when I actually talk to you, you're a different person. We've all got something uh, that sixth sense, and we're like, no, this isn't this isn't authentic, and uh, the trust goes down. So um, I, I think that the podcast is a great way. Um, for podcast interviews to get exposure to new people. Uh, you know, if you want to call it a, a lead generation tool, that's what the the interviews are for, uh, to actually nurture an audience um, and to nurture people uh, that already know you. That's where the podcast hosting, it really comes in. Right. No, it, so, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there with the, it's, it's the rare individual. And, and honestly, the only person I can think of that, that, and that I know of that can pull it off on a consistent basis and be like that super polished is Malcolm Gladwell. I mean, he, he's just always on and in a good way. Like they, they say I could listen to him read the telephone book. The telephone <laughs> book was like pre Google for anybody who doesn't remember that. But uh, I mean, yeah, he, he's good stuff. And, and you're right. So, Let's talk about the lead generation thing there a little bit because I know that's kind of the the heart of what you all do. Uh, you know how so getting on the right show is obviously key because if you're like say in MySpace and and I talk to talk about leadership with well, me going on a Dungeons and Dragons podcast is probably not going to be the best thing, right? Right. Yeah. So how uh, how do people go about finding that right audience? Yeah, and we use an algorithm that really looks at four different things. Uh, it looks at the podcast first, right? Does it have your ideal audience in it? Um, are there people that would actually be um, like your clients? Um, and then you look at that podcast, and has it been around long enough? You know, like I said before, most podcasts die within the first 10 episodes. Mm. So it doesn't do you a lot of good if you're on episode number seven and they stop paying the hosting bill at number eight no one will ever hear you. But most people stop at that from the very beginning. Um, we also look at things like the show notes, right? Are they have show notes? Are they gonna give you a backlink? We've got some clients that uh, that do podcast guesting just for the, the SEO value, the search engine optimization. Um, we also look at the third thing is the reach. Are they promoting it on social media? Are they promoting it to their email list? You know, if you're, if, if your customers are on LinkedIn, well, you probably want to be on a podcast that promotes on LinkedIn. You know, um, not a lot of our customers are on Instagram. So I don't look at, are there a lot of Instagram followers to a podcast? And then finally, we look at, you know, what, 
is the experience been with previous clients? And that's something that we get from our expertise. You know, um, uh, we've had uh, hundreds of clients on tens of thousands of podcasts. So we really get a sense of what works and what doesn't. And then once you're on the podcast, there's some things that you can do to, to move people from being just a, a passive listener to an active visitor and ultimately engage lead. You know, give them reasons to go to your site. It could be a, you know, a small checklist, a, a, an easy offer. It could be uh, you know, something that's gonna take a little bit more time. Or if it's something where you know, they wanna talk to you, well, don't slow them down in the sales funnel, right? Uh, give them a chance to connect and talk with you. Mm. So, okay, so, so you, you, you threw out some stats here about you know, how many, earlier, how many podcasts there are. I think you said 800,000 roughly. There's only 250,000 that are, quote, active. And then you just said that, that a lot of podcasts run out in less than 10 episodes. Did I hear that right? Yes. The most, most podcasts that die, die within their first 10 episodes. Because, you know, anybody that says doing a podcast is easy has never done it or never done it well. It's just, you know, the great ones make it look easy. And, uh, you know, after 10 weeks, uh, it can get tough. You, you run out of time. Uh, life gets in the way. Um, so uh, it's, it, in the industry, it's called pod fade. Pod fade. Okay. Well, so I guess uh, where I, you know, that, I hadn't heard that pod fade. I like that. So if somebody is looking at using a podcast as a tool, right? So let's say they're looking at internal podcasting or whatever. Uh, you know, what, what would your advice be to avoid pod fade? Well, to me, it's start with why you want to do it. Um, you know, there was, uh, uh, I believe it was Gary Vaynerchuk said that, uh, everybody should have a podcast. And, um, I loved it when, um, oh, not, I drawing a blank on his name from Art of Charm, uh, Jordan Harbinger. Uh, put a podcast out, and I think a blog that said, "For the love of God, don't start a podcast." Right? <laughs> it's like, um, just don't start one just because you think it's the thing to do, the newest thing. Um, there's got to be some thought behind it. You know, I love uh, Dan Miller from Forty Eight Days, the work you love says, "If you're going to do something once, commit to doing it for an entire year." Mm. And I think that makes you less likely to to start something because what you don't want it to be is an embarrassment. You don't right. want to go to all your friends and say, oh man, I'm starting a podcast. And 90 days later, they come and see you again and say, how's it going? And you're like, uh, I, it, I, I gave up on that. <laughs> so with that, you look and say, what are your goals? You know, is your goals, do you have an existing audience that you want to nurture? Do you want to get content out there? Um, have you ever tried doing a podcast? You know, give it all, look at those before you start. Um, or, you know, do you just want to do it from lead generation? Do you want to get the backlinks from it? Um, do you want to try? You know, then being a guest is a whole lot easier. Um, and sometimes it's not an either or. You know, the best place to find podcast listeners for your own podcast is being a guest on other people's podcasts. So mm -hmm. I think it all starts off with what are we trying to accomplish with this? And then will this strategy work? Um, you know, it's, it's like a tool. Um, what are you trying to do? It could be the best hammer in the world, but if I'm trying to take a screw out, it's probably not going to work real well. <laughs> well, no, you, I, I, you said a lot there. You said one thing that, that resonates because uh, one of my, my guests uh, that 
probably will have just aired an episode or two before this one goes on, was a gentleman named Dallas Bay, and he, he works with high achievers uh, on fitness. And, and he said almost the same exact thing you did except about a diet. And he said, when people are coming to me with a diet, I ask them, I said, can you see yourself uh, still on this diet a year from now? And if they say no, that's the wrong diet. And kind of the same thing, if you can't see yourself doing the podcast a year from now, maybe you, you should rethink it. But, um, you know, uh, the, the thing that I would kind of add in there, and, and you, you hit on it a little bit, but, man, it's tough in the beginning. You know, I, I'm hearing people, you know, getting, you know, two, 3,000 uh, downloads a show plus, and, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm, I'm as happy as can be when I get like 20 or 30 in a day. Uh, but it's growing, you know. I mean, that's the thing is it's it's growing, and, and it, I get this kind of uh, this this dopamine hit every time I go in and I look at my stats and I see, yeah, I, I did eight yesterday, but I did fifteen today, and then uh, one day I got almost thirty, and like my wife thought I was high on crack or something because I was just as, as happy as could be. Uh, but you know, and and what you said is I love is is you know this is what I want to do. Uh, this is how I like to share. You hit the nail on the head that the production part is 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 tough. Uh, I would much rather love to uh, sit back and just be guests on shows, but you know, kind of what you're saying, the nobody knows who Earl Breon is until they hear the show. And so it's like an uh, you can do uh, a both, and sometimes I um, feel guilty when I point this out. I feel like the podcast host is going to hang up on me when I when I say it. But you know, being an engineer, I look on return on investment, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you can either be the host and do all of the production, all the promotion, all of that, or you can be the guest and you show up, answer questions, um, promote the episode afterwards. But the vast majority of the work is done by the other person, so the return on investment can just be huge there. And the other thing I point out to people is that today we've got so many different avenues and opportunities, right? Um, uh, you can write blogs, you can do videos, you can do podcasts. And if you try to do them all, you're not going to do well. Or if you say, I'm going to try a couple of each, you'll never do well. You know, it's like being um, in sports, right? Uh, when we were all little kids, it was fun to play every sport. But nobody gets a gold medal in, well, most humans don't get gold medals in all these different events. You've got to pick one there. And I think whichever one you pick, uh, if you stick with it, you can get it to work. And to me, I always say, what's the easiest form of communication for you? And so some people love to write. Well, that's great. You know, I've written a lot of blogs in my life, but they felt like homework assignments. Some people don't like to get in front of the camera. Well, that's fine. You know, um, for a lot of people, just audible, you know, um, speaking is a great, easy way to communicate. We're all pretty good at that. And even people that are introverts and have, um, you know, stage fright uh, often will ask clients, you know, would you drive across town to see 10 clients? Would you drive across state to see 100? Would you jump on a plane to see 1,000? And you can see their face get really freaked out. And they're like, I don't want to stand in front of 10, right? But (laughs) on a podcast interview, you can speak to thousands of people across time. And it's just a conversation one-on-one. You don't have to to drive. You don't have to fly. uh, All you have to have is a good internet connection, a microphone, and and a computer. 
I like it. I like it. So uh, we're coming up on roughly about 40 minutes or so here. Uh, and I really want to give you, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but I really want to give you a, an opportunity to kind of uh, to, to pub, inter, uh, interview valet, and, uh, you know, wh- like what is the meat of the service? Uh, how do people get in touch with you and, and all those particulars? Yeah, and to me, I, I thank you for that. And I always come on podcasts to serve, right? Um, I always teach our guests that uh, serve. If you make the host look like a genius for having you on there, you've done your job. And, um, you know, they'll promote you better than you ever could. The idea is, is that if you're listening to this, you've got something great to share with the world. You could be an author, speaker, coach, consultant. You could have a company. And I propose that your biggest problem is obscurity. Mm. Right. You don't have to change something. You don't have to test something. What you have could really help thousands of people. But there's only one problem. They don't know you exist. So what we do is our mission is to personally introduce inspiring thought leaders to millions of individuals they could serve for the betterment of all. And so what we do is we've got a team of 18 and we work with authors, speakers, coaches, brands to get them on podcasts that their ideal listeners are listening to. We make it very easy for them. We focus on getting them the maximum return on investment of their money, but also their time, because the time is the one thing that we can't get back. We find the shows, we pitch them, we prepare both the host and the guest for the show. Uh, our clients show up, they they do the interview, the performance, and then we take care of everything else. And really, we were talked before about you know, a nuclear power in that system. It's very, very easy, very, very reproducible. Um, and, uh, you know, we focus on getting results from podcast interviews. Uh, you know, getting on a podcast is not a hard thing, right? There's 250,000 out there, but there's probably uh, 100 that would really move your business. And that's where we really focus on finding you, your ideal audience, and really helping you do the best um best practices in order to help that build your business mm. no I, I like that and so i'll have i've got your uh your, your social media channels uh that will be in the show notes here uh you know for anybody who wants to find out more just interviewvalet.com that's interviewvalet all one word.com and then like i said i'll get all the social media stuff uh listed uh, but what is the best way for somebody to get a uh, to get a hold of you? You know what? I'll take it one step further than that. Um, Earl, I'll go ahead and if they go to interviewvalet.com forward slash BOC for burden of command, you can see exactly the type of welcome page that you should make for every interview. We've tested this over and over. And uh, if you go there, you'll see. The first thing that you're going to see is the uh, the artwork, right? You've never heard me or you've never seen me. You've never seen my website. But when you go there and see the artwork for the podcast, you're going to know you're in the right place. And then we had talked before about giving people different ways to say yes, a small yes, a, a medium yes, and a heck yes. I'll put those in there too. So there's a checklist. You know, If you want to get on a podcast, there's a quick checklist the nine secrets to getting on your first podcast. That'll be there. Uh, Earl had mentioned the book. 
I sell a lot of copies of that, but I give more of those away than ever. So if you go there, there'll be a free copy of Podcast Guest Profits, How to Grow Your Business with the Targeted Interview Strategy. And if any of this resonated with you, uh, if you're like, wow, I think I could use this in my business. I can picture myself doing this. I can see what it would mean to have this success and exposure in my business. Well, I'll put my calendar link there too. So, you know, we can jump on a quick discovery call and, and see how it would work for you. And that all will be just there at interviewvalletvcom forward slash BOC for burden of command. Well, well, no, I really appreciate that. I, I, I wasn't expecting that. So uh, a big thank you and, uh, for that. And, you know, to just let people know about that discovery call. I mean, that was kind of how we got here. And, and I've only met a couple of uh, Tom's staff, but uh, the, the two ladies I've chatted with have been top tier. Uh, so in my experience, you got an excellent staff there. And, and uh, no wonder you see the results that you do. Well, like any leader, um, it's your uh, it's your staff and uh, your team that does it, and I am truly blessed. Uh, we've got a geographically diverse uh, uh, staff, uh, eighteen amazing people, all based in uh, North America. We used to say United States, but now we have two people in Canada too. No, I love it, and and uh, you know, being a so uh, you're you're based out of Michigan, right? Correct. I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yes, it does exist. Halfway between Detroit and Chicago. And that, I, I always say that proves if you can do podcast interviews from Kalamazoo, Michigan, you can do them from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, uh, I chuckle because my, my wife is from northern Michigan and uh, uh, she, she everybody always uh, she's from just across the border with Canada. So everybody jokes that she's basically practically Canadian. And and since she has to re, uh, let them know that she does have some Canadian ancestry. So uh, when you, you threw Canada out there, I was like, of course. <laughs> so, uh, well, good. Well, Tom, you know, uh, the the one thing I do like to do to wrap up is, is we've shared a lot of good information. You're a wealth of knowledge. I really appreciate you taking the time being with uh, being with my audience today. Uh, I, I've asked you a lot of great questions that you've had our, uh, a lot of great answers for. Uh, I always like to give you a chance to wrap up. Is there anything that we didn't get to that you wish we had? You know, the, the challenge that I put out to everybody is to share what you know, right? You've been blessed. All of us have been taught by great mentors. We've learned things. We've, we've had experiences in our life that uh, we've got the scars to prove and we've learned stuff from that. And to me, today, it's, been, it's never been easier to share that. And it could really help somebody else. And so whether or not you do that in a, a blog, a podcast, being a podcast guest, whatever it is, what you know is ordinary to you but amazing to others. So make sure you share it with them. Mm, I love it. All right, listeners, uh, you know, be sure you get on there and, and check out uh, Tom and, and what he and his organization are doing. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for being with us today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Earl. Yeah, and uh, so listeners, uh, you know, as always, please get on uh, iTunes. I'm on all the popular uh, podcast platforms. Uh, rate, review the show. Let me know what you think. Give me feedback. It doesn't always have to be positive. If I'm messing something up, let me know. Uh, you can reach out to me at burden.command at gmail.com. That's burden dot command at gmail.com really appreciate you tuning in keep those shields up and we'll talk with you again in the next episode
Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Electric acid.